Amen. Well, as I mentioned, today is uh, kind of a special day, and uh, we're actually not finishing Cruciformed. I should have uh, made that clearer with our media people, but that's all right. Um, to, today, three years ago this weekend, uh, we entered officially our campus in Yorktown. We had begun some 15 years ago, or 15 years prior to that, as two churches coming together at Coastal. And if you come to We Are Coastal, you'll hear a little bit of this, a uh, little more of this history. But two churches came together, began to meet. They met at, at Grafton High School for six years or so, uh, quite a while, and uh, then build a building in uh, near the uh, what used to be the Farm Fresh up near the Harley Davidson dealer there in uh, Yorktown in Grafton area. Outgrew that building in six years, and uh, just as they were in the process of figuring out, do we go to campuses and stay the size we are or whatever? Uh, God opened up the what used to be the Kroger grocery store when they moved to a new. Uh, place, a new building, and uh, we were able to purchase that and renovate that. So three years ago, this weekend, we had our first official services at that location. Uh, a year ago this weekend, we were officially launched here uh, at Gloucester. We had been meeting for know, five or six months on and off anyway, kind of getting our feet under us, figuring out what we're doing and all that kind of thing. And uh, but we officially launched a year ago. Today is the official launch of Coastal Deer Park. Uh, they start, in fact, right now, they're starting at 10 o'clock, moving their service to 10 o'clock. And so uh, they, again, have been meeting a few weeks, kind of getting themselves going this summer and getting their feet under them. But God has offered to us the opportunity to expand the influence of his kingdom through Coastal at now three different locations, three different campuses. We have uh, probably today about 1,600 people will attend these campuses that we are part of. Uh, so uh, when you're here, and when you're here, and you're here on a, uh, a holiday weekend, or it's an off Sunday, and you show up at the 11 o'clock service, and it's not as full as it feels in here right now, I want you to know you're part of something bigger. You're part of something that God is doing on the peninsulas uh, here in Hampton Roads that is, that is really significant, and I really believe it's the blessing of God. And so today, I want to talk about why that is. Why, why has God chosen to bless Coastal? Now, God doesn't need uh, my support. <laughs> he doesn't need me to explain that to you. If God wants to bless Coastal, he is welcome to bless Coastal, all right? But I think there are some reasons that God has done that, and I think that uh, they are connected to Scripture very clearly. And so I want to spend a little time this morning going through some ideas and hope, I hope to help you to see why is it and what is it that we can do and stay focused on that will invite the blessing of God in the future. We can't, we can't make God bless us, right? But we can, uh, we can keep ourselves in a position. I had a, a buddy of mine, a friend of mine used to say he wanted... His intention was to stay under the spout where the blessing came out. So I kind of want to do the same thing. So we're going to talk about that today. Today is kickoff Sunday. So I'm going to say this now and again at the end of the service. And if you forget, I hope your roast burns or something. Um, I want everybody 
to sign on one of these forms before you leave today, and I would love everybody to come Friday night if you have even the most remote possibility of doing it, okay? We want to get people engaged. Even if you're already in a ministry, we would love to have you at the involvement fair Friday evening. It starts at 6, it ends at 9. There's free food. Food trucks are going to be there. There's games and fun for the kids. It's just going to be a really great evening. Uh, I don't have much to do with it, and maybe that's partly why. But uh, I will be doing a thing on small groups. So here's what you need to do. If you are in a ministry, sign the form anyway, okay? And check off the ministry you're in. If you're not in a ministry, sign the form and check off areas that you think you might be interested in being involved in. If you are kind of new to us or you've never been in a small group, sign the form. There's a spot on there to check off for small groups. All of our ministries are represented. I'll explain it in more detail at the end. So before you leave, we're all going to do what? Three words, like Cameron said, right? Sign the form, okay? Thank you very much. May your roast not burn. All right, find your way to Psalm 25. I'm going to begin there. Because I believe the first reason that God has blessed Coastal is because his reputation is important to him. And I am convinced that when a church will make God's reputation their most important thing, he will bless them. Psalm 25 is not about a church. It's about David. It's about uh, one of God's chosen servants in the Old Testament. But I want to read through a few verses of this for you and, and uh, draw out some principles for you. Verse 1 of chapter 25. To you, O Lord... I lift up my soul. Oh my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exalt over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. In this psalm, the first thing I notice is that David is needy. I wish there weren't such a negative connotation to the idea of being needy, the idea of being dependent. David recognized his dependence on God. Now, he's, he's a pretty important guy, right, in Israel. He's the king. He is described as the man after God's own heart. And, and in caring for God's reputation, we need to begin with a sense of dependence, of our need of God. David was in trouble, and what he wanted was instruction from the Lord. What he wanted uh, was to know where to turn. What am I supposed to do? I love... Uh, a lot of things about Coastal, but one of the things that has always endeared me to Pastor Sean and to Coastal may, may not sound like it's a positive thing, but it's a really positive thing to me. I, I am convinced, and the more closely I get to work with Pastor Sean, he never set out to grow a big church. It was never Sean's intention to grow a large church. It was Sean's intention to build a healthy church that honored God and made God's reputation famous, and God has done the rest. Now, that's not to say we haven't organized and planned and strategized, but it has never been Sean's intention 
to be a mega pastor, a mega church pastor. I love that. I love that about Coastal. I love that we didn't grow because we tried to get big. I love that we grew because we tried to be faithful to God. We need to recognize we're dependent on God. Coastal is as needy and dependent as the next church, whether it's a church of 4,000 or a church of 40. We depend on the Lord. We are needy, and God is faithful. There's a phrase repeated three times in verses 6 and 7 and again down in 10. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me. For the sake of your goodness, O Lord. And down to verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. That phrase, steadfast love, is really important in the Old Testament. It refers to God's covenant loyalty. When God makes a commitment to someone, when God makes a commitment in the Old Testament, in the, the case is when he makes a commitment to a people, the people of Israel, to his people, he never goes back on his word. I, I won't do it to you, but we could take a few minutes and go around and you know, answer the question. So who in your life has there ever been that has said something and then gone back on their word? But since you may be sitting next to them, I won't do that out loud. Um, but God never, never is it true that God doesn't follow through on what he says he will do because it's his steadfast love. It's his covenant loyalty. God never gets mad and says, I'm done with you. Are you, are you glad for that? I am, I am so glad for that. God is faithful, steadfast, loyal, covenant love. And the word faithfulness is used in verse 10, in the middle of verse 10. He's true. He's true to himself. God is loyal and faithful to you, yes, because he wants to be true to you, but mostly because he's true to himself. It would go against his character not to be faithful. That's the kind of God we serve. And he is concerned about his reputation. So he takes a church like Coastal with people like us who are just kind of average people, and he does really wonderful things and blesses the ministry and expands his name and fame through this church because his reputation is important to him because he's faithful. He's also good. Seven and eight. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. We could... Uh, list numerous people that we know of in our world today who are incredibly powerful people, whether they be political or military leaders or whatever they are. And we all know God is powerful. But the question is not normally, is God powerful, but is God good? And this passage of Scripture affirms and reminds us God is good. It's in his character 
to be good. He is also concerned for his glory. This is where it gets to be something that we have a hard time relating to. Verse 11, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it's great. David says to God, would you, would you pardon my guilt, not because I really want it that way, or would you pardon my guilt for the sake of your name, for the sake of your reputation, as a, as a faithful, forgiving God, would you pardon my sin? God is more concerned for his glory, his reputation, his fame than anything else. Now, for us, that's hard to connect with because if all we care about is our glory or our reputation, that's pride, and nobody likes somebody who all they think about is their own reputation. We, we all know people like that, too. But think about it. God is worthy of every bit of honor and worship and glory that we can give him, correct? So if God were not primarily concerned with his own glory, he'd be dumbing down what he was concerned about. He'd be aiming low, which would be what? Idolatry. For God not to be concerned for his own glory would be idolatry because he is worthy of all the glory we can muster and far more. So God is blessed coastal because he's concerned about his reputation. He's not concerned about our reputation. God's not, God's not in heaven saying, boy, I sure hope coastal does well. God is blessing coastal because coastal seeks to proclaim the name and fame of Jesus, seeks to make the glory of God seen in a bigger way. When a, when a church grows because people are hearing the gospel and re responding in faith, God's name is magnified. When a local church grows because it's faithful to God, God's glory shines brighter and God honors that. And I believe that is part of why God has blessed Coastal. There's a second reason. Find your way to Matthew chapter 16. I believe God has blessed Coastal because his church is important to him. We live in a, in a culture in which there's almost competition between churches. And I'm glad that we see more and more occasions when churches are trying to uh, not compete with each other. But I want to tell you, Jesus died for people, but he died for the church. He's committed to the church. God cares about his church. Matthew 16 is uh, it, it's an important section of scripture. It's the occasion when Jesus has come and he's now going to begin to help the, uh, the disciples see what's coming. He's about to tell them in the section after what we're going to look at about his coming death. It's going to be a hard pill to swallow. He's trying to get them prepared to know, okay, now what's going to be up next? Verse 
13, Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, and this is a question you need to ask yourself today, but who do you say that I am? Because the answer that follows makes all the difference in whether you'll be an effective servant of God or not. The answer that follows from Peter is the answer that is the the basis for what we do. It is the truth about Jesus. Peter replies, verse 16, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. There is so much truth wrapped up in that little phrase. You're the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the anointed one, you're the one that God has promised for ages to come. You're anointed one who will come. That's who you are. And you are the son of the living God. You are God the son. You're the second person of the Trinity. He's deity. He's God himself. That's the truth about Jesus. And then Jesus makes an interesting statement. Verse 17. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter came to understand that because God made it clear to him who Jesus was. And I tell you, verse 18 begins, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. I know that Petros in the Greek, pardon my nerding for a moment, means stone. But Jesus was not saying in this verse he was going to build his church on Peter. He was not the foundation of the church. The truth that Peter had just expressed about Jesus is the foundation of the church, that he is the Messiah, the second person of the Trinity, God in the flesh. On that, I will build my church. It's a foundational truth. Ephesians 2 talks about Jesus and the the fact that he is the chief cornerstone. He's the thing that holds everything together in the church. God's concerned about his church. That's why he blesses those who will honor him. I love the note of triumphant authority. Do you wonder? Because I hear hear stuff. I read things and I hear all this stuff about how the, the church is in decline and the church is this and the church is that. And I just wonder... I will build my church, Jesus said. John Piper says it this way, it's ultimately dependent on the power and wisdom and faithfulness of the risen and living Christ to keep this promise, I will build my church. Not you will build my church, or missionaries will build my church, or pastors will build my church, but I will build my church. That's the promise of Jesus. When we honor him, when we follow his pattern and his directive for how to function as a church, he builds his church. We can count on that. He's not depending on our efforts. He's using our efforts and building his church. 
And, and it's not just that Jesus is building his church. The end of verse 18 finishes the thought. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The church is not in decline. There may be some weeding going on. There may be some uh, filtering out going on. There may be some uh, shifting of focus. You can look through church history and see how the church geographically has been centered in various places throughout history. It was in Europe, and it's been in America, and it's been in South America, and there is a lot of stuff going on in Africa. One of the things I love about being a campus is we're part of something bigger, and to me that reminds us that as a church at Coastal, we're part of something way bigger. We're not just Coastal Community Church. We are part of the church of Jesus Christ, and the gates of hell cannot stop that. The invincibility of the church. Nothing can stop the progress of the church. We don't have to wonder, what's it going to be like if this happens? And what if that happens? What if this political leader gets in place? And we, we, we talk about that in our country. I mean, depending on your political persuasion, just about every election, we're doomed, right? <laughs> we're not doomed. Because Jesus promised to build his church, and he told us that nothing would prevail against it. So God has blessed Coastal because his reputation is important to him, because his church is important to him, and because his people have been faithful to him. Coastal began as a relatively small group of people from two churches. Some of you sitting here were part of that group. Some of you have sacrificed for almost 19 years now, right, Wayne? It's been almost two decades. And some of you have sacrificed for a long, long time. Some of you have given faithfully. Some of you have given to building funds that built buildings that you no longer worship in. But you have sacrificed. You have been faithful to God Matthew 25, I'm just going to go briefly because we're going to come back around to this in just a couple of weeks. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14, this is the parable of the talents. It'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five went and traded and made five more. He who had received the two made two talents more. He who had received the one went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. I'm not going through that whole story. But I want to remind you that faithfulness requires investment. God gives you ability. God gives you gifts. He gives you spiritual gifts that he intends for you to use. It is assumed when this guy came and said to his servants, I'm entrusting you with my property, it was assumed that when he left, they would take care of it. In this particular parable, it doesn't say that he told them to invest it, but it is at the very least assumed they would do something with it. 
There are opportunities all around you, and it won't be long, and I'm going to dismiss you to go and check these tables out, okay? I know it's going to be a little crowded in some spots, but we have uh, needs in our First Impressions ministry and in our Coastal Kids ministry. We have opportunities for you in missions and in, in our music ministry, both in the, with the worship team and in our tech and media ministry. We have small group opportunities. There are a ton of things, and there are more things coming. You'll hear a little more about some more that's coming next week. We are uh, kind of ramping up our hospitality uh, ministry here. We're ramping up our creative team here. Uh, we've got a new ministry that we're going to reveal to you next Sunday that I think is super exciting, a local mission outreach here at our Gloucester campus. There are lots of places for you to serve. Sign this form, right? Please don't leave here today thinking to yourself, there's lots of people at Coastal. They got 1,600 people. Somebody will take care of it. The point isn't whether someone will take care of it. Yeah, of course. We'll dive in. We'll make it happen. We'll do our best. We'll bend over backwards. And the people who are here will sacrifice and serve to make it happen. That's not the point. The point is God has gifted you somehow to serve. How are you going to do it? How are you going to serve? So when you get back there, you're going to see these forms. And you may see other forms at those tables. Fill this one out for sure and come Friday night. If you know for sure, hey, this is definitely where I plan to serve, there may be other forms there and the people at the tables will be delighted to tell you what you need to do to fill out the information. But make sure you sign the form that looks like this and check off which area you plan to serve in, okay? It's also for groups. If you haven't ever been in a small group, Pastor Joey and I are going to be doing a thing we call Group Link. It's a chance for people who've never been in a small group to kind of find out the why and where and when and what do we do with small groups and sign up right on the spot if you want to. Um, so that's for new people. The, the involvement fair is for everybody, not just new people, okay? One more thing. Engaging the mission. This is the most, perhaps, the most important thing I want you to think about. Matthew 28, after the resurrection now, mind you, this is after Jesus came back to life from the dead. The disciples are still reeling from the realization that Jesus actually literally came back to life again. Verse 16, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain of which Jesus directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. And verse 18 says, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus has all authority. So he promised to build his church. He said the gates of hell won't prevail against it. He has all authority, and he says to us, go. So my question to you today is, why wouldn't you go? Would you at least go as far as the tables in the back? 
I don't mean to be all pep rally on you, but honestly, there are lots of ways to serve. We will go, Lord willing, at some point in the future. It takes some time to put a a trip together at some point in the future to the Bahamas. We took a team for the first time this year to Puerto Rico, still recovering from a hurricane from four years ago. We take a team every year to Bolivia. We have a team going next year to Honduras. We have teams going to various places in the world. We would love to have you go on a mission, but we want to get you engaged in ministry too. We have ministries that happen here. We have ministries that happen in the community. Jesus said, I will build my church. Hell won't prevail against it. And I'm telling you because I have the authority to tell you, go. So the question is, have you responded to God's call in your life to participate in the worldwide proclamation of the gospel? Everybody is sent, just not everybody is sent to a foreign country. Have you committed yourself to participation with Coastal in its global mission? The effectiveness of Coastal, an organization only ever rises as high as its leadership. That's an understood and accepted fact. But I'm telling you, Coastal has grown because people like you have been faithful to God to serve for a lot of years. Have you committed yourself to participation with Coastal? I want to show you one more video before we finish up here, and I think we're just about going to finish on time. So this is a couple that we sent from our church from Coastal that has been serving the Lord in Honduras. And I'm, uh, rather than give any more introduction, let me, let me have you watch this video and then I'm going to kind of wrap us up. Hey, I'm Joey and this is my wife, Leslie. And alongside my kids, Brooks and Bailey, we are currently serving in Honduras. Um, about this time, two years ago, Coastal sent us out as long-term missionaries to work alongside an organization called Sparrow Missions. We've been friends since we were 11 years old. We actually got married in high school in a home ec class where we had to plan the budget and just plan the wedding. So we've been friends for a really long time. And uh, we do have 11 and 13 year olds. We've been married for 17 years now. And I think about my 11 and 13 year old kids and how at that age, my parents sent me out as um, short term missionary with our church at the time and how that created a world perspective, worldview perspective and need for the gospel in my life. And God just put that desire really early on for missions into my heart. And we actually went on a trip when we were dating um, to Africa and had that same conversation. What do we want of our families? Like, how can we glorify Lord? How can we love God and love people? And missions was, again, something that we just knew would be part of that story long-term. And like Joey said, um, now we're celebrating two years now in Honduras um, with alongside our kids. So we've had the privilege of being back and forth for about six years now to Honduras and living there two years but six years ago we met teenagers running up and down the the street of the one neighborhood we do a lot of work in and now six years later we Joey's spending days and days out with these guys that are now young 20s and they're world changers and three of the guys spent three months just last year um, in India as missionaries and Joey was a part of that as well and just Remembering back six years ago and the consistency of discipleship and education and development 
that has been focused and uh, the areas that we work with then. We're just now seeing that first generation um, graduate from high school and well that are now like the leaders, you know, it's not the next generation, it's now they're developing their, their communities through trash pickup and sanitation and there's a number of things that we're just really been blessed to be part of and um, continue to pour into those communities and but partner alongside the actual people that we were loving on six years ago when we first went. It's been an amazing part of that. It's just an amazing thing to see and, it, and it's all God. You know, it's, it's getting the word in front of them, letting them understand the word, teaching them, discipling them, and then letting them go out and share the gospel as well. A lot of times, even as a missionary myself, we have that idea that we're changing something and making things better. Just what you receive when you put yourself out in that uncomfortable place, it's hot, it's sticky, it's dirty, the food might be weird, the people might be a little uncomfortable. They're, the exchange that you receive, what God does in your heart and in your life when you make yourself obedient, I'm gonna cry, but <laughs> um, just one thing that I always remember, and I think it held, held us back, and it shouldn't have, was that, sorry, <laughs> um, that God doesn't, that God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. And so, so many times, I know I've been like, well, we're not pulpit preachers, you know, we don't have the five-point sermon, and we don't, our kids aren't perfect, and we're not fluent completely, and it's easy to say, I can't, I, I don't have the tools, I can't do that, I'm going to stay here, I'm going to do this, I'm comfortable here, but you're missing out on what God has for you, so obedience is huge, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I would say that if you're on the fence about going on a short-term trip, just go. Yeah, um, short-term trips, like I said, is life-changing. Um, even if you just come for one time and never go again, it's something that you will always, always hold on to, and God will completely change your life through that. Okay, so that's the, that's the PR for Coastal Missions, all right? We want you to go on a short-term trip, and, and we will keep you informed as those opportunities come. But the same principle applies to serving, right? God has given us the opportunity to come together, to join together, because all of us is better than any one of us, right? All of us together is more effective than just one of us. So God gives us that opportunity. So I'm going to actually invite you to stand, and I'm going to dismiss in prayer. And then uh, as the music plays, you take your time. We've got a half an hour till church starts again, so make sure you take your time, look this stuff over, ask questions of people that are at these tables, all right? Let's stand together, and we're going to close in prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for Coastal. I thank you for what you have done at Coastal over these almost 19 years now of existence. I thank you for the way that it has grown. Lord, we honor your name for that. We acknowledge that it is because of you and your greatness, not because of any one person or group of people. And yet, Father, you have chosen to use people, some who are in this room this morning, have been faithful members of Coastal since day one. Others are new and fresh to us, and we're grateful to be able to band together. So I pray, Father, that as we do that, as we seek opportunities and places to serve and, and occasions to use the giftedness you have given to us, Lord, I pray that you would uh, 
you would bring people to Christ, that you would give us the joy of seeing this middle peninsula reached with the gospel of Jesus and to continue to reach uh, beyond Yorktown and Newport News and uh, all around us and to the ends of the earth. You have promised to be with us, so we want to go where you send us. So I pray that you would bless us as we go and honor yourself in our lives, for we ask in Jesus' name.